It's time for Dodger baseball. The sports department at WFUV and the history behind it are a story largely untold. That is, until now. The voices that have shaped the student-run station for the last seven decades dive into their time at Rose Hill. This is the Off the Air Podcast, the legacy of WFUV Sports. Episode 11 of the Off the Air Podcast this week. We are thrilled to be joined by Mike Puma, a writer for the New York Post, currently covers the New York Mets for the Post, and a 1992 WFUV alum, ironically, graduated with Chris Carino, our guest from last week. I'm Jimmy Sullivan, joined this week by Andrew Posadas. Andrew, Mike is a guy who has made a very successful transition from doing radio at FUV and calling some games and doing one-on-one to now what he's doing now, which is beat reporting and writing a multi-talented guy, and I'm looking forward to talking to him. Yeah, Jimmy, we're talking about nearly 30 years of experience being a beat reporter, and that all came from being at FUV, and as he mentions in our interview, that wasn't his first love. He wanted to do play-by-play, but the way the dominoes fell, the beat reporter option was there for him, and he's gone from Waterbury back here to New York, and we know what he's done with the net, uh, with the New York Mets for the last 15 to 20 years. He's got a new book coming out about the Mets as well. We'll ask him about that. But he graduated in 1992, did a lot of men's basketball games that year. Ironically, that was the last year that Fordham men's basketball made the NCAA tournament. So partially, I'm thinking that maybe we need to get him back on campus. But more than anything, it shows you some of the great experiences that he had doing basketball, doing football. And we talked with some of the guests we've had on this podcast, some younger guests, some older guests, and frankly, there are a lot of similarities. You know, a lot of the stuff that Mike Puma talks about doing in 1990, for example, are things that we would do in 2019 or 2020. Um, obviously, maybe not this year with the lack of sports, but certainly a lot of commonalities between his WFUV experience and what we have gotten to be able to do now. Yeah, and Mike. When he got in, that's when everything started moving for FUV as far as credentials and being able to go out to baseball games, basketball games. But as we know, one-on-one, doing play-by-play for football, for basketball, for baseball, that's always been there. And that is the essence of what we've been able to learn as a part of FUV Sports. Absolutely. And I heard him talk on another podcast about how FUV is everywhere. And that's really become true in the last 20 or 30 years. So looking forward to getting to talk to Mike Puma, New York Post beat reporter for the New York Mets. Let's learn a little bit more about this week's guest from our own Nick DeLuca. This week on Off the Air, Mike Puma. A 1992 Fordham graduate, Mike hosted WFUV's one-on-one while also lending his talents to a variety of Fordham athletic events while in the Bronx. Following his graduation, Puma began professionally as a sports reporter for the Waterbury Republican American and, after five years, became a researcher for ESPN Classic in 2001 where he worked on various programming projects. 
During that time, Puma also served as a columnist and sports reporter at the Connecticut Post, a position he held until 2007. Most recently, Mike is working in his 14th year as a Mets beat reporter for the New York Post. Here's the Off the Air podcast with Mike Puma. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Of course, anytime. And let's start with kind of the obvious baseball being back. You've been covering the Mets, but with everything going on with the coronavirus and quarantine, what has your life been like for the last five months or so? You know, it, it's really been like nothing I've ever experienced. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going on, I'm 28 years in uh, the media business and covering the Mets for the, for the last uh, 11. And, you know, I just go back to mid-March. Uh, I was home from spring training for a week because we get a week off in the middle. And it was that week that I was home that everything started really shutting down. Uh, uh, the big East tournament was going on. You remember that game, uh, St. John's and Creighton were playing. They, they pulled them off the floor at halftime. The NBA shut down um, and baseball shut down. So I, I actually had to go back to Florida the, the next day. Uh, which was a weird experience because you know the Mets were the Mets were still down there in Port St. Lucie um, after everything shut down for a while, and I just remember going back to Florida on an empty airplane and and thinking to myself, "Wow, you know what what kind of world are we entering here?" Um, and I ended up staying back down in Florida for, for only about four or five more days uh, before coming home. And uh, you know the the few months after that, the three months after that were unbelievable. You just, uh, you didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't know if we were going to have a season. Um, you know, we were trying to keep busy, uh, uh, at the post coming up with, uh, material to fill our section. And there wasn't a whole heck of a lot of news because everything had shut down. Um, and then of course, you know, we had the labor situation, uh, you know, even after, uh, everybody got cleared to, to, to play again. They still had to hammer out the economic agreement, which was another dicey matter that uh, you didn't know which direction it was going to go. So, um, but, you know, by late June, it, it was, it was evident that this, this thing was going to happen. And then, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we had summer camp and I, here we are into the season now and, uh, you know, knock on wood, uh, hopefully we can finish it. And Mike, now that we do have sports, it has to be a huge transition because for members of the media world, the lack of accessibility to the players, everything being limited to being virtual post pregame conferences. What has that adjustment been like for you? And when do you foresee maybe some sort of normalcy where the media members have maybe some more access? I mean, I don't think in the locker room, maybe that might not be the case anymore. But but what do you think about the future of sports media and accessibility to its players? Yeah, it's really difficult to project right now because like you said, we're doing everything on Zoom. You're at the mercy of uh, the teams giving you players uh, to talk to before and after the game. And it's uh, it, it's tough. You know, a lot of the, the, the coverage is the same now because everybody's uh, talking to the same people and, and getting the same stories here. You don't have the independence uh, 
that you once had to, to roam around and seek out different stories. Uh, as far as the future, it, it's, it's tough to project right now. The first, you know, and until you get fans back in the ballpark, uh, I, I don't think there's going to be any one-on-one interaction uh, with the players. And is that next spring? Is it in the middle of next season? I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't have a crystal ball to see how this thing is going to shake out, but the, the Zoom interviews are getting us by, but they're, they're far from ideal. Yeah, we'll certainly see how that goes into the future. Mike, I, I want to transition now maybe to more positive stuff and kind of talk about your time at FUV and, and how it helped your career. Uh, you graduated from Fordham and FUV back in 92. Um, what were your first impressions when you got to Fordham, when you started working at FUV? What were your first impressions of the station? It was unbelievable. You know, I got there my freshman year. I was kind of undecided what, what route I was going to go. I ended up majoring in biology at Fordham, which is something people give me a, a hard time about sometimes. <laughs> they ask me how, how that biology degree is working out. Uh, my freshman year, I, I didn't work at FUV at all. There, there were a couple of guys in my dorm who were doing it. So I kind of kept up on, uh, you know, what it was all about and everything uh, through them. I wasn't sure what direction I was in. Sophomore year, I said, you know what? This is something I really want to do. Uh, I'm going to take the plunge. And uh, I remember getting there and had an audition. It, it took me several auditions to, to get cleared to go on the air. We had to do a, you know, two or three minute sports report. Uh, and, uh, you know, my writing was kind of rough at the time. And uh, I was kind of long-winded. So it, it took me you know, several weeks to get cleared to go on the air. The, the sports director at the time was Chris, Chris Majikowski, who uh, for the last, you know, close to 30 years now has been uh, the engineer and the producer on the Mets radio broadcast. I see Madge all the time, uh, which is which is pretty funny. But uh, so I, I, I got on the air my sophomore year, and I was uh, initially limited to just doing the, the afternoon updates, the morning updates, and then – broken with one-on-one uh, eventually uh, as the year went on. And um, if I remember correctly, I didn't start doing any games until my junior year. And for me, that was, that was the thing I, I wanted to do the most. Uh, you know, I, I liked one-on-one. I liked the report, but I really loved being at, you know, at the Rose Hill gym or uh, out at Jack Coffee Field doing the games. And, um, you know, that, that was the big thrill for me. I got to, I got to do a lot of games with, Chris Carino, who is now the radio voice, a longtime radio voice of the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, another guy that was there, Pete Saccone, has uh, been at ESPN Radio now for a long time. Um, I, th- those were just fun years. I, I look back at that time as, you know, as much fun as I've ever had. And, Mike, when you think about the guys who were there before you got there in 88, Michael Kay, Bob Papa, Mike Breen, did you feel – any pressure? Were they big influences in you wanting to come to Fordham and work at FUV? Was there any pressure when you got there? Because as somebody myself, I didn't go to FUV my freshman year. Also, I kind of felt like maybe I wasn't ready yet. It might have been a little bit too soon for me. But did you feel any pressure just seeing those guys and the fact that they weren't as successful as they were, obviously, but they were on their way? So did you get any pressure as a freshman or just going into Fordham and looking into FUV? You know, you, I certainly knew the names at the time. Now, Mike Breen still wasn't doing the Knicks back then. He was still on, on the rise. And uh, Michael Kay 
had just made the transition to the Yankee radio booth. He was, he was covering the Yankees for the Daily News at the time. And I think it was my senior year, in the middle of my senior year, when he found out he was going to be doing uh, the Yankees. So it, Bob Papa was another one. You knew who those guys were, certainly. I don't think there was a pressure, I, I, but I, I think it, it gave you the idea um, that, hey, you know, if you succeeded there, that you'd have a chance to do something special. You know, and it, you brought up the point as far as uh, coming to Fordham. You know, the, the name that really attracted me when I was applying to schools, and I, I wasn't sure if I, I wanted to go to Fordham or, you know, I applied to a bunch of different places, but um, I, had, I had found out through a newspaper article that Vince Scully had gone to Fordham. And growing up in the 80s, watching uh, NBC baseball, Vin was just as good as anything I'd ever heard. So I, I think that is what put Fordham on the map for me. I'm, I'm not saying I went to Fordham because Vin went there, but it, it put Fordham on the map uh, that Vin Scully graduated from there. And then when it came time, uh, I narrowed down a few schools. I, I liked Fordham. And uh, yeah, the fall of 88 is when I arrived. Mike, let me ask because you referenced Chris Carino and Pizza Cone and some of the guys that you worked with in your time at Fordham. How fun was it to either call games or do one-on-one or do other stuff with those guys? I enjoyed it. I, I think I worked mostly with Chris. We were kind of the A team on basketball my senior year, uh, which happens to be the last year Fordham went to the NCAA tournament. And I, I did a, a bunch of games with uh, Carino that year. And back then, you could already tell he was something special. He was so smooth, polished. Um, we had Marty Glickman as our broadcast coach back then. And for me, that was a big deal because now a lot of, a, a lot of New Yorkers obviously knew Marty Glickman from his time doing uh, the Giants, the Jets, the Knicks. But I had grown up in Connecticut, and Marty Glickman had done UConn basketball um, near the end of his career for, you know, four or five years. So I, I, I grew up a little bit listening to him call UConn basketball. And, uh, you know, in Chris, you could just tell right away he was going to be something special. He actually got to do um, the – there was a contest back then where uh, among the, the, the colleges where they would pick um, – you, you would send in a tape – and they would, they would pick a guy to do a half of a Knicks or a Rangers game. And as a senior, Chris got to do, uh, I'm not sure if it was a quarter of a, or I think it was a half, got to do a half of a Knicks game. And, you know, just listening to that, he, he sounded like he belonged back then. So we did a lot of games um, that year, my senior year, when Fordham uh, made the NCAA tournament. Uh, uh, you know, I remember doing the Patriot League final. Uh, we beat Bucknell out in uh, Bethlehem, PA. And then I had a big decision to to, to make after that. Uh, I had booked a spring break trip that was going to coincide with Fordham being in the NCAA tournament. So I had to choose between doing the game with Chris and going on spring break. I had never gone on spring break before. So I went to Jamaica. I missed <laughs> Fordham getting uh, – crushed by UMass in the first round of the NCAA tournament. I, I think I made the right decision. But, uh, you know, looking back on that, it, it, it's hard to believe that's the last time uh, the men's basketball team uh, went to the tournament. And, and, Mike, you touched on it briefly, but you said your favorite thing was calling games. But obviously you had the chance to report and to cover professional teams in New York, which is the biggest market. 
in the sports world. So how was that as a young reporter, now that you have over 20 plus years under your belt, how was that when you look back on your early reporting times, how was that for you to be in those locker rooms amongst these professional teams? I'll tell you who got me my first professional uh, media credential. Uh, my, it was between uh, the summer between my sophomore and junior year. I wrote a letter to John Sterling, and he was just at the beginning of his run as the Yankees radio voice. And I think he, had, he was maybe two years into it at that point. You know, a lot of people still didn't know who he was at that point. He wasn't uh, the legend that he is today. So I wrote him a letter telling him I'm a young broadcaster at Fordham. I, I, I thought he was terrific. Uh, I'd love to meet him sometime. Sure enough, uh, I put my phone number on it. Sure enough, he calls. Uh, I, I think it was before a game one in the Yankees at that, that point. Where those were rough years. Uh, the Stump Merrill era. They had some bad teams. And, and John invites me down to the stadium. He says, I'm going to leave you a, a media credential. You know, we could talk before the game. And that, that was the first uh, – professional credential I got. So I, I went down to Yankee Stadium with my tape recorder, uh, worked the clubhouse before the game, uh, talked to different players. And that, that got, that, that was now, you know, I see FUV all the time around the local ballparks, but back then it was, it was a little bit different in that uh, they we really didn't send guys out that much. So I, I think I might've been one of the first, maybe they had done it previously, before I was there, but when I was there, they weren't doing that a lot. So I was one of the guys who, who got out there, got sound from players, and uh, it, it was a great experience. I'm still thankful to John to this day for, for what he did. And, he, you know, he's uh, – I think he, he's done that for a lot of young broadcasters over the years. Mike, you mentioned FUB being everywhere, and you could see that whenever in the past you would watch a Mets or Yankees post game or any of the other – professional teams I actually remember uh when the last dance the Michael Jordan documentary was on yeah. and I saw an FUV microphone I saw that. I saw that. Uh, in the shot because I think they were playing the Nets or the Knicks I don't remember exactly who but in the last 20 or 25 years FUV has really expanded especially in sports with covering professional teams how impressed have you been by that being that you're in a lot of those same clubhouses as well yeah you know it, it it's pretty amazing that you you see them everywhere, Yankee Stadium, City Field. Uh, now, I'm not out at the Garden a lot, but I'm sure they're there. And you look at just the pipeline that's uh, developed over the last couple of decades, the guys that have come out of Fordham, you know, Spiro Didis, uh, one name right at the tip of my tongue who, who came out, who's had a great career. Um, you know, FUV – I know there's kind of a, a rivalry, I guess, between a little mini rivalry between Syracuse and Fordham, maybe who's, who's producing the most guys. Uh, you know, you, you got to put Fordham right there with Syracuse as, as far as the quality of guys uh, that have come out. And Mike, just in your four years at Fordham, is there any one moment, any one game, any maybe one reporting assignment that sticks out among the rest? Uh let me think about that. Let's see. Any one game. A broadcast, anything anything that sticks out that you will always remember in your time at Fordham? You know, I, I, I remember that, that Patriot League final just when, when Fordham won to get to the NCAA tournament. That was one of the – you know, one of the games – and I didn't do this game, but the, the, the game that stands out um, 
was Fordham beat Seton Hall when I was a student there, which was a big deal because Seton Hall was a national power at the time. I just remember the, the students um, coming out of the stands onto the floor there. And it was it was quite a scene. I remember the first football game I ever did. Um, it was with Chris Carino. Fordham played Holy Cross. It was a driving rain. I mean, holy cow. I, I don't know how they, they – it was pouring. And uh, Fordham football was on lean times back then. Holy Cross uh, crushed them. But I, I remember, you know, that, that you, I guess you remember your first. I remember that. I remember my first play-by-play was actually a Fordham-Adelphi basketball game. They had played Adelphi because uh, they couldn't get – I think Boston College had backed out of playing them at the last minute or something like that. Um, and, you know, I remember the one-on-ones. Uh, I, I used to get – I was big on getting guests on one-on-one, which was something that wasn't done a lot back then either. We were – at the time, most of the guys just were content to go on, take phone calls for a few hours and uh, talk to this man. But I, I remember getting uh, uh, P.J. Carlissimo to come on one time, uh, who's a Fordham alum. Uh, John Sterling came on with me. Uh, I, I I used to get various guys. I got Terry Tata, who was a longtime National League umpire, came on for like an hour one time. It, it, th- those shows were fun when you when you would get guests like that and, and you, could, you could just talk to them. Sounds like a lot of fun. Mike, uh, I wanted to ask because you've made a really seamless transition from being in college and working at FUV to now being a writer and a reporter. You've been with the New York Post for a number of years. Did, did you find that FUV helped you at all in making that transition? I know it's two different forms of media, but do you think having that experience uh, is helping you now? I think, I think it certainly helped when I went back to covering pro sports. Now, I, after I graduated, I went back home to Connecticut. Uh, I didn't know what direction I was going to go. I started ESPN radio had just started, uh, when my senior year when I graduated. So I was able to get in up there when uh, a few months after they had launched, I was a production assistant. So I was working part-time. They were only weekend programming at that point. So I was, I was working on the weekends part-time with them. I needed some other stuff to do. And uh, that's how I, I got into print. Actually, the local newspaper was looking for uh, kind of entry level guys. And I had been doing, um, at that point, I had hooked on doing some high school football play-by-play. So the sports editor of the local paper had heard me on the uh, radio broadcasts, and even though I didn't have any writing experience, just thought I, I, I'd be a good addition to the staff as somebody who knew uh, the, the local high school football scene. And so that's kind of how my print career got started. So I was doing a, a few different jobs simultaneously, and it, it got to the point where I, I realized I really liked uh, the print side uh, of the business. And uh, so I went in that direction. Uh, I, w- you know, I worked up in Waterbury for five years then went to the Connecticut Post in Bridgeport for another uh, close to 10 years where I was covering a variety. Of, that's where I really got in with the pro sports was at the Connecticut Post. I was kind of the New York guy. I'd do the Yankees, Mets, Jets, Giants you know, you'd, you'd bounce around a lot. And that, that was a tremendous amount of fun. And that's really where I got my, I cut my teeth covering uh, baseball was doing, you know, that was, I, my first uh, baseball assignments were 1998, which was right when the Mets were on the rise and the Yankees had, you know, the, the, the historic team that won 125 games. So 
that's that's really where I got to do uh, begin with the pro sports, and then uh, spent close to ten years there. Went to the New York Post in two thousand seven, uh, kind of as a backup baseball guy. And I've been on the Mets now for the last uh, eleven years, so uh, a lot a lot of uh, a lot of baseball I've seen over the last two decades. Mike, this is a very cliche question, but I have to ask if you could go back and talk to a young freshman, Mike Puma, in the fall of 1988, what advice would you give him? You know what? The first thing I, I think about that sometimes, I should have gotten in at F, I should have done it my freshman year at FUV. You know, I, I had some trepidation. I, I kind of wanted to feel things out a little bit. I, I should have hit the ground running, I think. And uh, maybe, you know, maybe. Maybe that would have pushed me more toward a broadcast career. I don't know. Maybe there would have been more opportunities uh, on the broadcast side if I had done that. Um, but and I, I think I, I, the other thing I would do is just get involved with more stuff as far as internships and, and getting to know as many people as possible. Now, my senior year, I did an internship uh, with Yankees Magazine. So I'd go to Yankee Stadium and you know, it's funny. You don't think much of it. You're only you're you're helping out in the office and not doing a lot of big stuff. But it's something you can put on a resume. And and when I get when I got hired at uh, my local paper up in Waterbury, Connecticut, out of school, that was one of the things the sports editor asked about. He's like, "Wow, you uh, were an intern for Yankees Magazine." So that was one thing that kind of stood out. So that's that's what I would say. Just get involved, doing as much as you can. Uh, uh, off campus if the opportunities are there. Mike, before we let you go uh, in reading about you and doing some preparation for this interview, uh, I understand you have a, a book coming up uh, next year. It's called uh, If These Walls Could Talk New York Mets. And that's a question I've often asked myself a lot. Um, but could you tell us a little bit more about uh, that project uh, without giving too much of the details yeah. of the book away? Well, it's coming out next spring, uh, right before the start of the 2021 baseball season. It's it's basically going to entail the two decades uh, plus that I've been around the Mets, starting uh, with the Valentine era and, and working into, you know, uh, the Subway series with the Yankees and Mets. And, uh, you know, I kind of go right through uh, the Terry, the end of the Terry Collins era a few years ago. And it, it's just different stories about, uh, uh, you know, some of the behind the scenes stuff that maybe you don't see all the time. Um, and I, I'm very thankful for all the, the, the people that took time to talk to me for the book. Uh, you know, I got to reconnect with guys like Mike Piazza and David Wright was nice enough. I think I, I, he, I interviewed him three separate times for the book, you know, uh, Keith Hernandez. I, I talked to about three, three dozen people uh, extensively. I, I think there's some stories in there that will uh, create a little buzz. I'm looking forward to this. It's, it, it's my first book. I didn't know if I'd ever do a book. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I had this opportunity. I'm going to give it a whirl. So I, I'm looking forward to it. He's Mike Puma of the New York Post, WFUV alum. Again, his new book, If These Walls Could Talk New York Mets, coming out next spring. Mike, thank you so much for the time today. We really appreciate it. All right. Thanks for having me on. And again, that was Mike Puma of the New York Post, 1992, WFUV alum. Andrew, I don't know about you, but my favorite part of that was how he said that he had a chance to do Fordham's NCAA tournament game in 1992 against UMass. 
and instead went on spring break. Probably was maybe the right decision. I don't know. He said it's the right decision. I uh, I don't know if I agree with him on that, but yeah, it teaches out. I think Jimmy, cons- considering that Fordham, their basketball program, hasn't been back to the NCAA tournament, I think hindsight being 2020, I'm sure Mike would have loved to have called that game. But again, you just don't know. And we're students. We understand that spring break is big and you got to enjoy that. But again, I don't think he even fathomed the idea that Fordham men's basketball wouldn't be back in the NCAA tournament since 92. Yeah, at least as long as uh, I've been alive, they have not been in the NCAA (laughs) tournament. Uh, But uh, we covered a lot of ground there where he talked about how it was very interesting, Andrew, you and him had some similarities there where he talked about how freshman year he was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I don't know if I'm ready to go in the FUV uh, with all the stuff that goes on over there. And uh, he said that that was genuinely one of his regrets, that he felt like he should have started maybe a little bit sooner. I, I thought that was really fascinating. That's something that happened you know, when he was 18 or 19 and looking at him now with the very successful career that he has had since then and probably partially kickstarted by FUV. But I found that really interesting that he was able to jump in, you know, sophomore year after a year at Fordham, kind of getting his feet wet at the school and then going into FUV and being able to have a very successful FUV career and then bounce right into his career as a reporter. Yeah, I think everyone's path at FUV is different. And for me and Mike, just two of us, obviously, sometimes you come in as a freshman, you're a little bit nervous, a little bit hesitant to just put yourself all out there. And and that's kind of what Mike was saying, that he wasn't ready. And, and I felt the same way, too. But when you get that year under your belt and then you go into sophomore year just comfortable, he knew what he wanted to do then. And he went right in and didn't hold back. And and the rest is history and just some great stories, even the, his getting his first ever credential from the legendary John Sterling. It's just been a it was a wild ride for him those four years, as it's been for us too, and and everyone else who has been associated and passed through WFUV Sports. And and Andrew, forgive me for not remembering exactly when, but we had John Sterling in for a workshop at FUV. I think it was in January or February. It was definitely in this calendar year. Um, and he came in, and, and he was great, an absolute legend. And you hear the stories about him, a, a great guy. But Mike, as you said, had so many great stories uh, between getting to do Florida basketball and kind of how he started at FUV. And he's been a really successful guy. He's made that transition that we were talking about from being a broadcaster to being a reporter. He can kind of do a little bit of everything. And... He credits FUV with helping him out a lot, even though he didn't necessarily go on that same path of calling play-by-play, of calling games like some of the other guys we've talked to. Despite that, he's still been incredibly successful. Yeah, and that's the best thing about FUV, Jimmy, is that there's so many different avenues, whether it be do you want to specialize in doing sports casts or being a host and hosting one-on-one? Do you want to do play-by-play color commentary? Or do you want to be a reporter and cover these teams and get that accessibility and develop those relationships with professional athletes? So I think that's the most important thing is that you have options once you do come to WFUV Sports. And for Mike, his love was play-by-play, but ultimately his expertise and his skill and his greatest assets came doing reporting. I think it worked out well for him, don't you think? Oh, I agree 100%. (laughs) Cool. 
Well, that's episode 11 of Off the Air, the podcast. For Andrew Posadas and our guest, Mike Puma, I'm Jimmy Sullivan. Thank you for listening. You can check it out wherever you get your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, the like. You can also check it out on YouTube. We'll have the full episode there as well. Thanks for listening.